0: Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Good morning from the Crop Doctors Podcast Studio in Stoneville. Tom and I have a new guest with us this morning. Miss Laura Smith is with us, and Laura is the Communications Coordinator here at the Delta Research and Extension Center. So, Laura, welcome to Thank the you. CAP Center.
1: Good morning.
0: Ironically, Miss Laura would be responsible. For the cap center, Tom. So we're only in here at her discretion, right?
1: <laughs> it's in, my building, Kenner in keeps telling me. Theory. <laughs> <laughs> One day, Kenner and I were coming over here to lock up. I don't know. It was kind of maybe late in the afternoon, and I heard voices. I was in. I was over by the classroom, and I was heard voices, like, very distinctly. I thought it was a ghost. I thought there were people working on the roof. We went round and round. He was looking around, He, he w- and, like, he walked around. Because I wasn't all that alarmed until he didn't know who they were. Like, because he always has workers or something. And then finally, like, I did one, like, swoop around this way, and I realized, oh, my God, they're recording the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Kenner was playing you. I think he Maybe knew. So. <laughs> Probably I think so. you knew exactly what was going on. See, in the grand
2: scheme of things, we're going to have like a neon sign that will actually flash and tell people that we're actually in here so people just don't come bursting through the door because the lock's not exactly in a real exceptional location and the door itself is a little half functional.
0: I don't think we're that important, dude.
1: No, we definitely need a sign like recording in progress. You see? On air. On air.
2: It's not just me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On air.
0: What was that TV show with the radio station? News radio? No, the older one. like WKRP in in Cincinnati? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you're old enough to remember that. Yeah, but I don't know. You probably remember new episodes.
2: Um, no. (laughs) Probably watched that in syndication. It probably didn't come on. Odds are my parents did not watch that, although who knows.
0: Laura, you've been here since January. Did you start the first of January? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. So that's ballpark six months. So you've been here about a half a year. In the time you've been here, what has blown your mind the most? Because, I mean, Stoneville's big, Mm -hmm. and you can live around here your whole life and Not not have a real concept of how much activity goes on out here. So what's the thing that's blown your mind?
1: The most, I mean, it's kind of blown on a weekly basis for sure. What y'all do, the scientists, like the discoveries, the innovators, one of my first tasks was to kind of revamp an, like an overview PowerPoint of DREC. And so I went back, I went through our photo archives, I created a video, kind of start the, the PowerPoint but somehow along the way, I stumbled across some like old Word doc of that listed the innovators and inventions that have been made here throughout history. And you know, Gene Wills did the Roundup; was working with Roundup before it was Roundup. Gordon Tupper, and the Parabolic Subsoiler. Right. Um, I mean, I think like forty companies patented that, and then Bob Bridge and all that like early maturing cotton, like all started here. Ed, um, and then Edgar Hartwick was the soybean, like m- m- yeah. right, like master, he, he right? Was a like federal just the, breeder, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He was he was federal, but he was here, you know. So that's, I mean, and then there's like the modern stuff. Of, you know, I love to talk to Don Cook. <laughs> i talked to him probably the most, um, all of it. And then I did go to the uh, genomics lab last week with a with a tour. They were speaking a language I just didn't even. Couldn't even understand, then that was mind blowing as well.
0: Oh, I don't but, understand it either.
1: Yeah. Whew. I mean, they had like parts of machines and all these, like, because they're genetically mapping like every plant, every species, everything. And I just, I couldn't, I, you know, I had to kind of zone out.
0: <laughs> You're not foreign to agriculture, though. Tell folks kind of your backstory a little bit and how you got to where you are now.
1: So my grandparents, um, my grandfather inherited a farm from a family friend years and years ago. Uh, My grandfather was a lawyer, uh, graduated from Vanderbilt, and then he and a friend of our family, well, really my grandfather, took our swamp. I'm from southeast Missouri. I'm from the Boot Hill of Missouri. The town I grew up in is Sykeston, but um, our farm is in Morehouse, Missouri. And it is, y'all call it buckshot, we call it gumbo. Um, It's just complete gumbo. So we grow a lot of rice. So my dad has been in and out of kind of farming or managing that farm. Um, It's split off now. My dad owns a portion. His brother and sister uh, sold their portions. But um, yeah, I grew up in a farm shop and riding gravel roads and looking at beans. We grew beans, we grew uh, and rice and Milo mostly. So I know just enough about farming to be dangerous, probably. Mm -hmm. And then I I went to Ole Miss, which is where I met Wesley, my husband. Um, We lived in Memphis. I am, my background is journalism, and I did print journalism, which is where Kenner and I have something in common and kind of speak the same language. I was in, like I said, print journalism. I worked at newspapers for, like, 15 years. And then right as I got into that career, you know, it print journalism just kind of dropped off quite a bit because the internet was, the internet was rising and journal and print journalism was falling back, you know, newspapers and magazines were cutting staff. And as I had children, I needed something else to do. So I taught uh, English at Washington school for 10 years, was the yearbook advisor, and uh, was looking for something else to do. Y'all just give you all an example of so Kenner and I have a similar background, but he was at like a different stratosphere than I was. <laughs> I was at the Delta Democrat times and he was at Southern Living, right? But so this is a good example of the different levels of Kenner and I, like we've both worked in the same Adobe programs for the, you know, he's got a few years on me, but I've, I've worked in Adobe InDesign every single day for like 15 years. And then I come to work here with Kenner and I learn something new about that program every day. So um, I'm in I feel like I'm in a really good spot to learn from him and learn from all y'all. So
0: and we've been very fortunate to have Kenner and he's got a lot of different skills. Now he's our what is what is he, our facilities coordinator, is that his appropriate title? I think that's his specific title at this point. And, and does a little bit of everything. And but we're definitely happy to have Laura here with us. Well, and he
2: helps from the sounding board perspective because his worldly expertise in dealing with things like print media and whatnot really helps and definitely has helped Jason and I on this podcast and kind of coordinating and scheming, for lack of a better term. Yeah,
0: no question about that.
1: One thing that Kenner talks to to me a lot about is like the culture at DREC and making sure that we're a little more cohesive and make sure everybody feels comfortable and welcome um, and you know, just being hospitable, that's one thing that is, I don't think you really think of when you think of Kenner cause he has so many hats, but that's a big driver for him is, you know, that every person that comes in the door, ask them if they want a bottle of water, um, uh, make sure they just feel welcome and that we're glad that they're here. I think that's an important part of DREC, um, cause we are here to serve.
2: Well, and telling that story is important. That's, for those of us that are transplants, I'm a transplant. I mean, the fact that my spouse was born here, that sort of, it, it helps make it easier for me to meld into the community. It,
0: it softens the blow that you're not from here. <coughs> it, <does>. it, <laughs> it definitely it
2: helps about the fact that I can say that I'm married to a Southerner and the full-on Yankee that I end up portraying doesn't necessarily injure me so much. It still does still does
1: it still does me too my husband my husband's from Greenwood so I get a little bit of that It does soften it
2: it definitely (laughs) helps but I think being a transplant here it's important for Stoneville and the DREC to talk about what we do here because moving here it still blows my mind that I live in Cleveland and there are people that live in Cleveland Mississippi that is 25 miles north of this experiment station And they have no idea this place exists.
1: No idea.
0: You don't have to go that far.
2: No, you don't. No, no. And when you think about what you just mentioned and take, for example, parabolic subsoiler, well, that would have had the word Stoneville probably on it somewhere. So outside of this general region, people have equipment that has that word. They should actually associate that word with this experiment station.
1: That's one thing that Jeff's talked about, too, is that we are, I think we're going to build a website that focuses just on Stoneville, like what all's here, the culture here, because people don't know. They may look at Greenville, they may, if they want to come here, they may look at Greenville, they may look at Leland, but also what's just at Stoneville? What's it like here? You know, our culture, the people. We need kind of testimonials and kind of put that out there.
0: Well, we've even had groups come that would be familiar with. programs, but then have never been to Stoneville, Mississippi, and are unaware of the other things that go on in this area. They may or may not know that there's a a USDA ARS unit right across the road, or they may have no concept of what the scope of Delta Council's Mm -hmm. efforts are, or YMD, and that all that is right here in a pretty compact little area, even folks that know us Mm -hmm. and, and know what ag research is about don't have a full concept of the full workings that go on at Stoneville.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've been here, my husband and I have been here 15 years, and I had no idea. I mean, I knew Stoneville, I knew people worked at Stoneville, right? Like, we had a neighbor, she worked at Stoneville, so did he. He was a cotton breeder, I guess, but I had no idea. You know, that's all it ever was, was just Stoneville until I get here and I see all the many facets and You know, like you said, I've been here almost six months, and I have no idea some of it, you know.
0: (laughs) I think locally, that's the way a lot of people portray it, Tom. I'm just trying to think, when I hear people talk, I mean, a lot of people just say I work at Stoneville. They don't say I work for Mississippi State, I work for ARS, I work for YMD, I work Mm -hmm. at Stoneville. Mm -hmm. I think that's what would come out of my mouth if you asked me what I do. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and anybody that doesn't work for our direct agencies, because there are people that work at the the Forest Service right there. And there are a lot of folks that don't even necessarily recognize that there is a Forest Service institution here that would be a federal institution. And that's what they say as well, that I work in Stoneville. And, And I still get quizzed all the time. Oh, so... How is whatever's going on impacting you? Say, for example, well, the government shutdown's coming. How's that impacting you? I'm like, I work on the state side. And then they still, they look at Wait a minute. There's a, there, what do you mean there's a state side? I said, do you realize that Mississippi State University has a facility there? Oh, I, I didn't even know that.
1: And that's funny because that's all I think of now. It's like s- all Mississippi State. And I mean, I know we have the U.S. stuff, but the federal side, but... And then there's the split inside Mississippi State. There's the extension part or Mayfis. You know, they're, it's and, like and row, all consuming. row
0: crops and catfish. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. And Warm right. water
2: aquaculture center. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. And all that. And that's it's a fascinating little split that's here. And, and I've even had recently some colleagues come and this would have been pre-COVID for lack of a better distinguisher. And, and they showed up and, and one of them would just, he got out of the truck and was shocked. He's like, holy mackerel. I, I had no idea this existed, and I think I had a, a string of colleagues that said the same thing. I'd always heard about this place, but I'd never been here. This is amazing. I said, "Well, so let me let me give you the dime tour." I said, "We still have a mechanic shop, right? And a fabricator actually works here." And he said, "Fabricator." I said, "Yeah, if you need something built, built. they'll build it for you."
1: Yeah. Just
0: totally taken aback. He's like, Coolest. look at all the new equipment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> See, and I've been spoiled because ever since I've been out of school, I and mean, I've worked at Stoneville, and then I, when I worked for LSU, I worked at the Rice Station in Crowley. It was fully staffed, bunch of different research projects going on, extension projects, large support staff Farm crew, what we call it here. I forget what they call them there. But, you know, it's just a, a lot of support. And so I've always been spoiled. I've never been at a, what we would think of in our world, Tom, as a branch station where your infrastructure is not as extensive as it is at Stoneville or years ago when I worked in Crowley.
2: Well, it's different every state. Alabama is very different. And, and I, at least when I was there and went to Auburn as a student, there were no faculty at branch stations. So if you had something to do and you were at Auburn and you were doing a cotton test, you typically did it down the road, down the highway. It was about f- 25, 30 minutes away. So it wasn't right there. I mean, we we're, we're spoiled in the fact that you can walk out of your office and, you know, on a day that was nice and you weren't in a hurry, you could walk to your plots. You could here if you wanted to, but most of us, pile into a truck and drive the mile or short distance, but we're spoiled on this experiment station.
0: We have a few trucks. Yeah. Do a few
2: trucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think that's a, that's a spectacular segue into what your role is here, Laura, and that you get to talk about that.
1: To tell our story. Right. Yeah. That's right. Um, And I think, you know, there's so many avenues now not just writing press releases. I do like writing that's my number one favorite thing to do, right but, but in my career but there's so many new avenues you know I'm I'm excited I've, I've made a few posts on social media earlier this year and our Numbers went up 500%. I thought, dang, I'm doing a great job. You was know? <laughs> like, yeah, I hadn't posted it in a couple of years. So. Yeah, <laughs> the bar was going so low, so low. low, right, right? Anything but that is, is better people, than nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that is how people get information, though, right? You know, everybody, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing, but we're all scrolling our phones all the time. So, you know, I, I don't direct. Y'all do a great job, like, with the Mississippi Crops Um there, there is stuff posted there, but I'm hoping to um, start a DREC Instagram account. Um, and, and I know a lot of you guys Twitter to use Twitter, too. Um, that seems kind of where farmers and growers are, so I'm looking forward to kind of building that up as well. But, I mean, my first love is the publications part of my job. Like, that's always – I, I kind of can't wait to tear into that weed guide. I've been working on the aquaculture newsletter um, and then – in Car, the uh, National Center for Alluvial Aquifer Research. I'm doing correct. Their, I, I mean, you got I had <laughs> very, very slowly. Yeah. I've been working on their annual report, but I love like when y'all were um, in the winter time when y'all were a lot, a lot, at a lot of conferences. I love like promoting our students, or or when you won your um, IPM educator award. I love to just share that news, you know, but that is my job is to tell the story and clarify to our to everybody but to locals too. You know, right down the road you have the agricultural epicenter, you know, for research right here. This is it. Maybe in the south, right, for sure the southeast. I haven't visited other states like you all have. I haven't visited other branches in other states, but could it possibly be what we do, you know, with, with the USDA and you know, the Microgen and all these labs that surround us. It's just been fun to learn all this. Like, and I know I'm, you know, I don't have, you know, I've only got six months experience. But what I've learned in six months has been amazing. And it was such a good time, too, to go from kind of the winter, nothing, not a lot happening, you know. Just wet and yucky and gray and then watch it really explode into green. And um, so going out and I was out with Don's team
0: so you mentioned your background in print media mm-hmm. and now you've transitioned into this role so I think that gives you a, a unique perspective on kind of the the history of documenting activity and then to promotion. So what do you see in the future for promotion? You mentioned we don't have an Instagram account. No. Instagram obviously is a very popular social media platform, Twitter is too. There's different parts of Twitter that are more attractive to our area mm-hmm. than than others. And all of those social media platforms are the same way. You can tailor it to your specific needs. Maybe that's one of the beauties of those platforms in general. But what do you see kind of crystal ball moving forward mm-hmm. five years, seven, eight, nine years?
1: I think, you know, I talked a little earlier about the website that um, Dr. Gore wants me to do um, or that we want to do. Through that website, we want to tell the story of Stoneville culture and not necessarily just DREC, but Stoneville culture. Um, We want to kind of tell our story and sell this area. You know, we all live in the Delta and there's a reason for that. There's a reason why Tom, Jason, y'all can go work anywhere right in the southeast maybe why'd you choose here that's my that's what I see my role as is to tell y'all stories why you chose why you chose to live here raise your families here be here come back here you know Tyler graduated and chose to come back that's a story to tell and that will help us in recruitment and it'll help get our story out so crystal ball is people learn about us and want to come work here want to be a part of the amazing work that goes goes on out here. Yeah, and part of that is to the social media, you know, and writing press releases. Mary Jane Lytle, when she won, she won a couple of awards. Um, was it at Rice Technical Working Group? And Correct. Yeah, that was probably my f- one of my favorite days here. She had won for her p- paper and her presentation. I put it on out on social. I did a press. I did a traditional press release, and um, I think it was in the Leland in Progress. But I put it on social media and I don't know, a couple of days later, like her brother had shared that. I mean, it had like a hundred comments, you know, it was just like, that's what we want to celebrate, right? The work that we do, she's done amazing work and it should be celebrated and I'm I think that's a pretty important part of my job. And the other part of my job is, you know, hosting meetings at CAP Center when y'all are in my building, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> uh, uh, but, and, but, but making sure that our people feel that people that do come here for meetings to host their events feel welcome, feel comfortable.
2: We continue to talk about how the grad student impact from this experiment station has been important and something that I think we have a great sense of pride on. And having somebody now to talk about that and push some of that content out is certainly helpful. I think that'll hopefully attract more graduate students to this facility because I can't, we don't brag on it enough, but I can't think of a better place to come and work on agriculture regardless of what the discipline is. I think this is the place that you'd want to be if you were a graduate student.
0: And we've talked about that. Jeff has a very clear story about why he's here and with entomology and and the cotton back when he came, the, the really high cotton acres. And there's a reason I'm here. I mean, I've always been anchored right here in this part of the Delta. And, and everybody, there's a reason for everybody. And we certainly appreciate you, Laura, wanting to share that with people and then promote it as well. Any closing thoughts for our conversation today, Laura? Anything you really neglected to mention?
1: Y'all asked about telling our story and how I plan to do that as one thing that's great—it's this podcast. Mississippi State and Mississippi Mississippi Extension have, you know, are tasked with learning, service, and research. research. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah research <laughs> that one. <laughs> Just that minor point, but but the service part is a you know obviously huge out here, and I think this podcast is a service. And it's it's a modern way. It's not something we're all used to or comfortable with, you know. We're all, I'm sure in your early days of this podcast, you were kind of feeling your way through it. But this is a great way. This is where people are. People are listening. They're in the trucks and, you know, or out on the tractor and, and people listen out, like outside of the Delta. So this is just another, you know, great tool we have.
2: Well, thank you so much for coming in here and sitting down with us. See, we, we told you it wasn't going to be that hard. Oh, it was painless. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's right. just a conversation. That's all it is. But all right. But we really appreciate it, and we appreciate the work you're doing. And thank you. we look forward to some really good content.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, guys.
0: The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.